This is Hey Beautiful, the podcast where we binge and recap every episode of How I Met Your Mother, no spoilers. So suit up, grab a sandwich, and settle in. Hey everybody, it's Kate here, and I am excited to introduce our special guest host this week. You know her, you love her, you've been asking to have her back. It's my wife, Liz. Hey, friends. So thank you for sitting in with us today. Anytime, anytime. Uh, it's Caitlin's first week at her brand new job. We're all very excited for her. Um, so I decided to make her take a selfish and take the week off. Um, so send your good vibes to Caitlin as she settles in at her new workplace. And in the meantime, we are here to talk about old King Clancy. Are you ready? <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> good old King Clancy. <laughs> um, first of all, it's September. It's been a fucking weird summer. It's been a weird year, yeah. It's been a really yeah. weird year. It's kind of insane that summer's over. We didn't get to go camping at all. Ugh. Terrible. No camping. No nothing super fun. What was your highlight of this summer? Um, Going to Michigan, for sure. That was the only thing we did this summer, and it was a gorgeous week to do it. It was very cool. Swam in Lake Michigan. I totally get it now, all you lake people. Chef's kiss. Just perfection. It It was a great day. I agree that it was... The highlight of the summer. I did also love sliding down a waterfall, though. You know, it was a freshwater summer, and that's strange because you are such an ocean girl. I know. But we couldn't really leave the state. Yeah. Except for having to go to Michigan. Yeah. So we made the best of it. Um, we've got a couple little announcements before we start. First of all, um, my email inbox was doing some weird things, so two of our legendary moments from last week got lost. Um, Derek and Rick, so sorry about that, guys. So I'm going to read them now. Um, So Derek's legendary moment for the front porch is... Um, okay, so he says, my legendary moment in this one is more of an infamous moment. This is the episode that truly solidified Lily as my second least favorite character in television, second only to Schmidt from New Girl. Other than that, I do love when little Barney says mahalo. Knuckle up for safety. Thank you, Derek. Yeah, it's, uh, Lily doesn't really look that great by the end of it, the amount that she's manipulated Ted and his relationships. Um, and then the other one is from Rick, and Rick says, Hi, ladies. My legmo for this one is the Big Lebowski homage where Marshall floats through the night sky. I particularly enjoyed how they swapped the movie's L.A. skyline with Marshall's New York City. It's a little detail, but I always love the nods to NYC. Some other quick hits. We're literally living in the Karen front porch future here in 2020. <laughs> so true. Lily talking about how much we all mean to each other. The same moment that Robin cries over their group picture on TV. And uh, while he was in Luke Skywalker cosplay, I'll admit, Ted looks good in a blonde wig. Maybe he should try bleaching his hair sometime. Ooh, good point, Rick. I wonder if that'll ever happen. Thanks, guys. And apologies for uh, my inbox, but hopefully everything's been worked out now. I caught both of them from you for this week, so we're good. We also, thanks to... uh, those of you who uh, finally went and gave us a rating, we hit 100 ratings on Apple Podcasts this week. So thank you so much to everybody who helped us get there. Thank you especially to Greg, who was our 100th, 
And for being our 100th, we sent him a box of Rachel's Cookies and Treats. So congratulations to you, sir, and thank you so much for that. We also have new patrons, Jordan and Scarlet Fever was the other person's name. That's really saucy. So thank you both for joining us. And Johnny increased his pledge because he's incredible. So thank you so much, Johnny, for that. Johnny, you're a rock star. He really is. And he's, he's been with us from the start. Mm-hmm. So uh, we love you, buddy. Um, so big, big deal coming up on September 19th. So that's next Saturday, September 19th, 2020, is the 15-year anniversary of How I Met Your Mother. And Caitlin and I are going to do a special Himium anniversary live stream for our patrons that day. Um, we haven't landed on a time yet, but it'll probably be late morning eastern standard time so our international friends can also join in so that's saturday september 19th and check patreon for the specific time we will announce it as soon as we can save the date for that oh and liz you're gonna help me with a new video series aren't you this is true yeah so i'm not gonna tell anybody what it is yet i'm the producer so you're the cinematographer. Mm, I like the producer role better. <laughs> you know? Are you going to be the director? Or are you going to be giving me pointers? All of it, yeah. yeah. That's what a producer does is perfect. create Great. the whole thing. And Is that what they do? Yeah. I thought they just Feels throw like money it. at the project because I'll be happy to have you do that. Well, I don't have any money. <laughs> you you did, have all my money. You did buy a ring light, so maybe you are the producer. <laughs> and the camera. I have vision. I have vision. You, you know? do, you do. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I'm going to be starting a new video series that will be up on my YouTube channel that I am going to start. Um, and you all will, if you're on Patreon, will be the first ones to see it anywhere. Um, so look for that soon. It does have to do with cooking and that's all I'm going to say about that. And second to last, I have to apologize to Liz because right now I am wading through the show that she hates the most. Oh, God. And what show is that? Ew, Buffy. It's <laughs> the worst. It's the worst. She really doesn't oh, like God. it. I can't. I can't. She can't do any kind of fantasy sci-fi stuff. I mean, Harry Potter is like the limit, right? And yeah. you barely do Harry Potter. Yeah, I like Harry Potter. Yeah. But you're a practical gal. You Ugh. just can't get into it's it. It's dated, right? It's the it's terrible. dated. But like, and just the the just everything. It's about nostalgic it. it's not for me, right? It's exactly, me. exactly. But so thank you for <laughs> letting me watch Are we it. Done with it? Yes, like I'm in the final. Close. I'm in the final season. Oh, thank God. Okay. So anyway, I was th- I was when I was watching. There's I was light at the end of the show. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I was watching it and I was thinking about Allison Hannigan and how talented she is and how fortunate she was to have two very long TV shows as like one of the principal characters. Cause Buffy was seven seasons. How I met your mother's nine seasons. Mm. I mean, you don't usually get that. Like think yeah. of anyone from friends having another right. like 10, 11 season show. Mm. It doesn't happen. Yeah. So good job, Allison Hannigan. Love you so much. Um, and last but not least, After this episode, there are only six episodes left in season four, so that should have us finishing up just around the end of this horrible, shitty, terrible year, which means we'll be starting season five in 2021, which is my absolute favorite, probably second to season nine, but I love season five, Hmm. mostly because Lily's hair is amazing. So that's it. 
That's good. That's a good reason. Got it. Yeah. (laughs) Just wait till you see it. She's like tan and her hair is really pretty. It's fine. Uh, So stay tuned at the end of this episode for legendary moments from listeners like you. And now let's get into Old King Clancy. This episode of Hey Beautiful is brought to you by our Patreon Almighty Five Level members, Adam, Russell, Tish, Johnny, and Ben. Thanks to all our patrons for their support of this show. Our Patreon works on a sliding scale. You give what you can each month, and you'll receive all the perks we offer. Join for as little as $2 a month at patreon.com slash heybeautifulpod. Friends, fall is my favorite season. And we're almost at fall. And there's really nothing like an apple cider donut in the fall. Don't you agree, Liz? (laughs) It's the best. So, so good. The absolute best. The absolute best. Nice and warm, right off the fryer. Yep. Get in line at the orchard, get a fresh batch. Fresh batch, bag of apples. We just did it this weekend. Oh, my gosh. And then they were gone, and it was so sad. (laughs) Yeah. But then two days later, what shows up? A box in the mail with apple cider cookies from Rachel's Cookies and Treats. And I was nice enough to share with you. So what did you think of the apple cider cookies? They were phenomenal. Right? Very good. Liz loves a soft cookie. Yes. She loves a soft cookie right away because I also got the lemon cookies, of course. She said immediately they look like these sugar cookies that she loves, which are super, super soft, like they almost look underbaked. Mm -hmm. But they're just delectable, and so the apple cider cookies are the same. Yeah. They just have more cinnamon, but they still have that nice icing on top, and... Like you know, it's all real ingredients, no preservatives. They're handmade in small batches. And now they have this special fall cookie that you guys really need to try because it is awesome. And Rachel's Cookies and Treats is a small family-owned business, and it's operated by women. It's a women-owned, women-operated business. We love them. They're delicious. You guys already know it because you've been ordering it and using our code. Mm. So speaking of codes, if you go to rachelscookiesandtreats.com and you use the promo code HBFAM, H-B-F-A-M, all caps, you're going to get 25% off your order. Isn't that so generous? That's very generous. That means 25% more cookies. I would pay full price for those apple cider cookies. They were so good. Bomb.com, right? What a deal. And they freeze beautifully. So we always have a freezer full of delicious treats. You can get some from there. And then in the dead of winter, if you're missing fall, you're missing those apple cider donuts. You're unmotivated to cook, make cookies for your wife. (laughs) Boom. Shut up. Just pull them out. (laughs) And pass them off. I might have to do that. I might have to try that. Um, Yeah, so... 25% 25% off using the code HBFAM at www.rachelscookiesandtreats.com. They'll ship anywhere in the continental United States, so get some for yourself, your mom, your dad, your best friend. Go do that today. You will not be sorry. This is Season 4, Episode 18, Old King Clancy. It's the 82nd episode of How I Met Your Mother. It first aired on March 23, 2009. Our writer is Jamie Ronheimer, and our director is, as always, Pam Fryman, although she didn't direct the last episode, so she's back. Um, Jamie Ronheimer, we last saw with Happily Ever After, with everyone hiding under the table from Stella, and we're going to see him again next season for Slapsgiving 2, Revenge of the Slap. Just another reason season five is great. 
So we open, it's the spring of 2009, and Ted is still working on the GMB building, which he got hired to do in, woo, everyone's, uh, one of everyone's favorite episodes. Of course, he's doing all this hippy-dippy stuff and, you know, wood in the atrium and, and Bilson, the lead on the project, fucking hates it. But then all of a sudden, Bilson's gone from the project and Ted is suddenly allowed to be doing all of this work that he's really excited about and all these passionate new age ideas about architecture. And so he's really, really jazzed and feeling really confident, so much so that he tries to mack on a girl in the elevator. Who then blows up his spot? Bad move, Ted. Bad, Bad move. move. Bad move, hitting on the blondie in the elevator because she knows that the GNB project was scrapped but ted did not know that the last to know the last to know is the architect on the project which doesn't really make sense like gmb would have probably worked with his firm not ted personally right but we'll give it to him because it's (laughs) it's a nice face crack of a moment i would say (laughs) for sure you know yeah so after the credits we cut and everybody's at the bar and there's a laptop at the bar when was the last time you saw a laptop at the bar. I have no I, no idea. The answer is 2009. Yeah, probably. <laughs> right? Yeah, I was sure. like, this is so sweet. They would just all be on their phones, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, that does happen eventually in the show where they make a joke about that, but this is like, it feels almost like gathering around a campfire at this point. Oh, nostalgia, you know? To look at Canadian sex acts. <laughs> um, so, I guess Barney had the laptop, to, and he's looking at Scarlett Johansson. So everyone gets talking about which celebrity they would bang. So I need to ask you who you would bang as a celebrity. Um, I was not prepared for this question. That's a lie. No. I, I asked you this question several days ago the first time we who watched Who did this. I say? You copied my answer. Who's your answer? Megan Rapinoe oh, yeah. Yeah. by a country yeah. mile. Well, and then I said probably Sue Bird. Sue I mean, Bird. she's really the glue that keeps that pair together. It's I true. mean, she's very sharp. Now, you used to be in love with Anna Kendrick. Has that yeah. has that tapered I off? I mean, where is she? I haven't even seen her. You know what I mean? What happened between she, the two of where you? Where is she at? <laughs> I don't know. Dang, she doesn't call me anymore. It's weird. Just shut up. <laughs> Marry her. She doesn't her. even tweet anymore. Yeah, it's true. She kind of disappeared. Yeah, she's probably like swimming in money like um, Scrooge McDuck. Like Scrooge Just yeah, that's, off grid. That seems like Anna Kendrick. <laughs> Strong Scrooge McDuck uh, vibes. So... Yeah, Megan Rapinoe and Sue Bird. Oh, that's cute. They're married. Well, they're not married, but they're going to get married. Who knows? And that's who we would bang. Yeah. Nice little foreskin. Yeah. So um, everyone says who they would bang, and we find out that Robin has gone home with a celebrity, which out of the four of them makes the most sense because she was a celebrity. Mm, Yes. So she had the hookups. And so apparently in 2002, she went home with some random celebrity, but she won't tell anybody who it was. Um... So she gives this mystery, this riddle that they're going to have to solve throughout the rest of the episode. It's a nice B-plot going through for Ted's shenanigans. And she says it was a Canadian-born person, but you definitely know him. She's so delusional about what's popular <laughs> what in America. Canada right? It's so true. It's so true. Um, he has a unique collection, and it was a Canadian sex act. So... Canadian sex act, the whole, the whole idea of these, like, funny sex acts really came to came of age 
because of Urban Dictionary. Mm, yeah. Were you in college in 2008, 2009, or were you out? No. You were out. So, well, I was. I know, you're old. Uh, not old, but, but I'm older than you. Were you and your friends looking at all at Urban Dictionary? Not really, no. Okay. I mean, you know, sometimes we were, when it came up, like, on social media, you know what I mean? Right. Was, like, something would circulate and you'd look and ha huh. But it wasn't like... We weren't, like, in Urban yeah. Dictionary. Oh, no, like, we were all up right, in Urban yeah. Dictionary. And I looked it up because I was like, this is so timely. Like, this episode, for a second, I was like, this kind of could be an evergreen episode with, mm-hmm. like, the, the conversation. But it's 2009, it's the recession, and they're talking about Urban Dictionary. Like, mm-hmm. there is no other time period that this could exist because mm-hmm. in 2009, Urban Dictionary was getting 4 million hits a day. Because nobody had a job. Like, 4 million unique users or more were hitting this page a day. And I just remember all the disgusting sex Mm -hmm. acts. Like, they're Mm -hmm. still burned into my brain. (laughs) Like, the Cincinnati bow tie was disgusting. That was when we learned about the Dirty Sanchez. Yeah, that's the only Donkey punching. Mm. Probably going to have to mark this episode as explicit. But, (laughs) but yeah, so Himium is really riding the, the pop culture wave at this point. And it's kind of, it's interesting because as the internet becomes more popular... All the themes are kind of bleeding into the show. It's like how now Saturday Night Live is like mostly internet memes. Mm. You know what I mean? They're not really like setting the bar anymore. They're kind of just like limboing under it. Definitely not setting the bar. (laughs) Right. Because the internet moves too fast, you know? Okay, so Robin has set the impossible task where they have to guess all three portions of the riddle. I mean, honestly, how many combinations is that? That's a lot. That's, like millions of combinations. I mean, considering there's only like eight celebrities in Canada, but <laughs> right. all of the other things. Yeah, right. That's a lot. It's a tall order. It's a tall order. For, so For some Americans. Yeah. Um, but it turns out Barney has a leg up because he has CanadianSexAx.org bookmarked on his computer. Um, Just trying to keep it fresh and spicy, huh, Barney? <laughs> right. So this is apparently like the Canadian Urban Dictionary, and it is a real site. Maybe don't search for it at work just because <laughs> it did give me a little exclamation point on my computer. But it's a it's a How I Met Your Mother made site. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. So this could have been Alec Lev who right. did a lot of the websites um, on the back end. But yeah, you'll go there and you'll see all of the different sex acts they talk about and a couple of other ones with some silly stock photos. So it's still up. Hmm. How many years? 11 years later? Good for them. Good for them. Just paying for that domain. Um so Ted comes in and he tells them about what happened in the elevator and how he's been, you know, surprise fired. And then we get a flashback where Barney and Marshall have to confess that they've known for a month that this was going to happen because it's 2009 and it's the fucking recession mm-hmm. and everything's getting cut. Oh, Except for the corporate retreats. The bi-quarterly corporate retreats, yes. In, in St. Croix. Yeah. In St. Croix. Um, and Liz and I were trying to figure out which company actually did something like this. There was a company who they got a bailout from the government, and then they used that bailout to take their CEO, like their, their executive team, to a retreat, like a very expensive retreat. And I thought it was in the islands, but it ended up being in California. Mm. And it was AIG. And they're not a thing anymore. Yeah, they are. I thought AIG wasn't a thing anymore. No, it is. Explain it. They got a bailout, so they survived. So that they didn't crash the economy. 
But I, my bank used to be AIG and now it's Capital One. Oh, well, AIG now exists specifically for insurance. They're not a oh, bank anymore. Oh, well, that's different. They, they were in insurance before, but they had, you know, multiple branches. And the bank branch was a Ponzi scheme, essentially. I mean, it wasn't, but it was mm. a house of cards like everything else in the banking in 2006 right. to 2009, you know. I'm so glad you know these things. Well, I, yeah. I mean, I, I sell insurance, so it's... It's a Do you sell AIG insurance? We have yeah, it's one of the companies that we can that we can sell. Interesting. So So yeah, just as I was watching this and hearing them talk like so specifically mm-hmm. about the the recession, I was like, wow, COVID is really going to affect storylines mm-hmm. of TV oh, shows. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Like this is this whole season, like season four has been all about people being out of work. Like Marshall was unemployed. Robin was unemployed. Now Ted's been going to be fired. So I just, well, what? he's getting he, fired. He's getting laid off because yeah, they don't have, they don't have money, work. you they know? So, and that's the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, Robin couldn't find a job and she mm-hmm. needed to for her citizenship mm-hmm. or for her green card, her visa. She doesn't have a green card. Mm-hmm. Um, and Marshall couldn't find anything in corporate America. Like, mm-hmm. it was it was really rough. So, I just, I don't even know what the stories will be. Is it all just going to be people being fucking sick? Like. Well, it's going to be people all sitting at home with no no income. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, a huge how sector you, of this economy is not, is still not How do you working. make that interesting? You know? I guess we'll find out. It's probably just going to be people performing on social media. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's no, like, but I mean, when. Everyone's going to start a. Whatever, but when sitcoms come back Mm -hmm. is what I mean. Like when, like what will those look like if they do a flashback to twenty twenty? It's just going to be crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, Like it's just going to be like a running joke, I think. Um, So, Billson tells Barney and Marshall that they have to tell Teddy's fired. Again, this never would have happened, but we'll allow it because suspend your disbelief absolutely as, as kate always says to me that's right because liz very is skeptical liz is very literal <laughs> and she's very skeptical of yeah. storylines that's why she hates buffy because <laughs> seriously very few oh. things in that show are within the realm of understanding so um we'll allow it because it gives us this moment of the I'm Ted's best friend argument getting turned on its head. Truly. We're now neither of them. Like, being Ted's best friend is hot potato now. I was astonished when I heard Barney say that he wasn't Ted's best friend. <laughs> I mean, that guy has built his whole friendship on the fact that he says he's Ted's best friend. More not than, actually being Marshall. his right. best friend. Right, right. Exactly. Where Marshall is actively his best friend, right. in my opinion. You know what I mean? This, since we're both on the side of it. Okay. Um... Yeah. I couldn't believe that. And also Marshall denying it. I mean, <laughs> he was like, nope. <laughs> so, I mean, they're that's just both because, terrified. I think, I think that's just because Marshall's a sensitive guy. You know, yeah. he doesn't want to actually deliver news to his best friend. Where right. Barney just. Barney doesn't want the heat. Yeah. For his own reasons, not right. for Ted's heart, you know. And Ted's. that's why in this, in this sort of crossroads of guilt and avoidance, we get this. <laughs> insane month-long lie scheme yeah where barney really gets to shine (laughs) and marshall's just along for the ride because he just really doesn't want ted to be upset (laughs) um so they're about to tell him in this flashback but ted is like so bummed out that they think oh maybe we can just get him to quit yeah there was that 
sliver of a moment, we're both like, get rid of this project. You should quit. Yeah, yeah. No. But then no. we're reminded it's the recession. Yeah, nobody's and quitting. People are getting laid off from his firm, so he, he needs the job. And so then they decide that they need to lie. And Barney gives Marshall a wonderful lesson in lying. By telling Marshall all about his fake horse dandelion that Marshall, by the end of it, is convinced is real. He's always a sucker. Never saw it coming. Such a sweet little angel. I don't have a spaceship. Angel. <laughs> I don't have a spaceship. Have a spaceship. <laughs> Are you a good Just liar? Immediately. No. no. I wouldn't be able to. I mean, Barney's the best of the best. Yeah. But, you know. I could. I don't. I think I would be a better liar than you. <laughs> I'm sure. Because of my writing and my yeah, acting. Sure. Background. Yeah. But. I hate, I hate pranking people. I hate deceiving people. It makes me feel really bad. So, yeah. Marshall must have been dying inside every day. Mm, Yeah. Um, So, of course, Ted is really mad that they lied. And for the rest of the episode, it's, you know, him dealing with it. And then Lily jumping in, trying to guess the Canadian sex act and the celebrity and and all of that. Yeah, Lily is just solely focused on finding this. The, the combination. Right. Um, and it's sort of like in Sorry Bro two episodes ago where Ted kept trying to tell everybody that he was dating Karen again. But then Barney kept wanting to talk about the pants story. So it's this device that the show uses to sort of draw things out um, and also keep things light. Because if my best friend lied to me and wasted my time for a month in a recession... When I could have been finding more money for my firm, mm-hmm. it would not be a sitcom. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's that's grounds for, like, ending a friendship, I think. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's, I mean, Or, like, at least brutal. a really, like, a like a real conversation. So, the, the Lily stuff really, really cuts through. So, um, yeah, we find out all of these new sex acts. Robin doesn't want to talk about the Newfoundland one because... Those new fees are crazy, apparently. Crazy. <laughs> Canadians weigh in. Is that true? I don't know anything about your stereotypes about different provinces. <laughs> um, is Newfoundland, is that one of the ones that's out in the middle of the ocean? Is that an island? Right? No, I don't, I don't know if it's an island, but it's on the coast. Oh, okay. Is that true? Can- Canada weigh in, or we'll just Google it later. We're going to Google it right now. Our Canadian fans are screaming at us right now. Prince Edward Island is the island. Nova Scotia is an island. I love Newfies the dogs. If we got a big dog, that's what I would want. Not an island. Not an island. Well, part of it is an island, I guess. Oh, I was half right. Yeah, it's a little bit. Or is the island Labrador? Is that where Labradors are from? Oh, no, Newfoundland is. Well, what's this then? Newfoundland and Labrador. It's Newfoundland, not Newfoundland. Okay. Edit that. <laughs> well, what is this? This is Newfoundland and Labrador. You know what this looks like? It's like Michigan. There's two pieces. New York with Long Island. New York and Long Island. Rhode Island and Block Island. Interesting. It's a small world after all. So, anyway. So, it's both, guys. Yeah. It's both. So, no one can guess what the right combination is. Shocker. But Ted is remembering now that for the last month he's been presenting and working and these people have been giving him all this great feedback so he's like 
what is with this task force if I was fired? And then we get a, a flashback to Marshall and Barney assembling their team. And apparently, this is another wink at a movie, another very, my boyfriend made me watch this kind of movie, Snatch. Have you ever seen Snatch? <laughs> no. It's one with Brad Pitt. I haven't what seen that What does he do? Either. He's like got a really crazy Irish accent in it. It's like a crime movie. I'm really explaining it well. Wow. Yeah, that sounds yeah. thrilling. <laughs> it's well. from back then, and it was like it was like a whole thing. So anyway, um, so it's like a little snatch thing. We see that they got the janitor involved, this street musician who's you know mm-hmm. a few nuts short edge. of a <laughs> short of a banana bread loaf, and um, the lunch lady, Louisa. I don't love the Louisa piece because they really push on like the mm-hmm. saucy, sexy Latina thing. Yeah. If Gloria had written this episode, that wouldn't have happened. But I digress. Um, so anyway, we see Ted really responding to this made up task force. Um, Lily just keeps guessing in, in present day. And then we see Ted, you know, make out with Louisa. And we learn that Louisa is engaged to Barney. So she's just another... I'm, I must say, this moment where Ted feels the heat, essentially, this thing, the spark between them, just feels very... contrived. Yeah, well, she was giving yeah. off zero heat. No, exactly. She gave him a thumbs He's up. He's just real proud of himself. Yeah, exactly. But also, if this is your the biggest project that you've ever done... You're not gonna kiss somebody in the room that you're presenting. I, know, I don't care. I know. He, like, he knows better than that. Like yes, a, sexual harassment stuff has moved very quickly. We could definitely cut that. Scene. I know, right? Uh, completely. It makes no sense. It makes no sense. It didn't need to be there. Um, it could have moved. We've moved very quickly in the world of sexual harassment in the last like ten years. But like this was never okay. No, it was not not a thing in 2009. Right. That but was it's not because a she's the lunch lady and she's Latina and like. Was, quote-unquote, asking for it, basically. Yeah, but he didn't know she was the lunch lady. I know that. But I'm saying, like, she's uh, she's like a stereotype. Okay, I got you. And so he's allowed to just do what he wants. So we hated that. That's fine. Um, it also turns out, though, that they met up a whole softball team, which is really sweet. <laughs> they must have really been loving it. I know. And that one made me like, oh. Oh my god they were really just trying to cheer him up the more like horrible they felt about this and i just love when ted says my game winning walk was a lie <laughs> you fucking idiot <clears throat> so do you think barney and marshall were wrong to lie um to protect their friends for the sake of television no but yeah for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was a lot. Rip the I'm a I'm a rip the band-aid. You know what I mean? I'm not gonna drag it out. Let's just right. let right. everyone move on, especially professionally, you know? I know, that's really tough. Um, but I mean, you know, in t- the stakes were high in two thousand nine. So yeah. I I mean I get I get it, but Right. You get both ends of it. You get yeah. why he's mad and you get why his friends wouldn't want him to feel like despair. Right, because that money was already budgeted, so they're like mm-hmm. Right. And he was already stressed out. Yeah. Because he was kind of floundering back in Woo when Barney almost gave the job to Sven in the fucking dinosaur building. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's just a lot of a lot of guilt wrapped up in this. Um, but then Marshall or Ted says, 
I would never lie to you. I would never lie to you to protect you. You don't do that to friends. But Barney corrects him. He has lied because Marshall recently did stand up, which we're hearing about for the first time. And uh, he performed his famous fish list. Brutal. It it was brutal. It was bad. Man, if he was in Minnesota, that wouldn't even hit. No. I don't care. (laughs) I do not care. I know if he was at oh, what is the what is the fucking bar called that they go to? Is it just called Little Minnesota? I don't remember what the bar is called that they actually hang out at, but yeah, it's bad. And I love that this is a runner. Like we're gonna see the fish list again, and it just keeps getting more, more ridiculous. Feels like a spoiler, but oh, it's fine. Um, and Marshall's just great. Like the it's not funny, but he's funny. You know, I actually thought this entire episode, Marshall wasn't that great Aww. as an actor for like a for an actor. Yeah, it, it just felt like a weak performance. You didn't think Jason did a great job? No, I didn't. I think I kind of agree with you. There were moments where, when he was like interacting with Lily, it was kind of off. Yeah, I think he wasn't given the best material. I think the writing. Mm. I mean, it wasn't about him. Sure, but I do love the fish list, and I love when he's like, "Let's take a little ride." <laughs> I mean, he did all the comic things, right? Where he sat down. This guy knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Some yeah. random in the crowd, random in the crowd, yeah. like he did all the classic stand-up. The delivery things, was there, know? right? The the commitment this to guy, the bit. Let me say it again. Salmon. Salmon. <laughs> Sturgeon. I don't think so, pal. <laughs> I don't think so, pal. I love it. Yeah. Um, so get ready for more fish list, guys. Um. So back at the apartment, the next day. Ted is pissed and that he's about to get fired because he's pretty sure now that they his company knows mm-hmm. it's curtains for him. But Marshall and Barney have found a way to get him back in a GMB. So apparently a much smaller project, but it's something they need a new quote unquote ETR on the 20th floor. And the ETR is an employee transition room, which means you're getting fired. You're getting fired. It's very corporate America to have a room just for that and have it have, like, <laughs> no projectiles on the walls. Like, yeah, it's just nothing in the room. Spare. Very Spartan. I mean, Spartan. that one's kind of big for that kind of discussion, but, I mean, that's a... It's true. Again, it's true. That's because it's written by people that aren't in corporate America. Right. It would be like a fucking closet. <laughs> for real. So, I just love how it's explained. It's when a supervisor and employee engage in a knowledge transfer about an impending vocational paradigm shift. <laughs> you fired. And we get some, we get the montage of Barney firing all these different people <laughs> and there's no sound. It's just like on a, like a surveillance camera in the room. Cause of course they mm-hmm. would have one mm-hmm. there. Right. Um, for all the lawsuits I'm sure yeah. GMB has. And it's just great physical comedy from Neil Patrick Harris yeah, and sure. these, and these actors or these stunt people, whoever, whoever these folks in the, in the room are with him. Um, of course, Ted tries to bring his own. Mosby charm to this employee transition room with the new beginnings waterfall or fountain or whatever the fuck it mm-hmm. is. And there's just, it's just very like, it's like he's created like a womb. Mm-hmm. It's like very creepy. Um, but Bilson fucking hates it. Yeah. He swung a little too hard on that soft pitch. Yeah. Right. Like just really like dude, really swung for the fences and it was Missed. a change up. But like, <laughs> come on, Ted. 
it's Bilson. And you but, can't even do. Like, they also told him exactly what to do. Yeah. And he, he couldn't. He, it was, right. That was not what he was going to do. Now, do you think if he hadn't been fired, he would have quit? Because eventually he quits his, his firm because he can't. He says he, well, eventually he's fired. But his reasoning when he lies and says he quit is that he can't work for these big corporate customers mm. anymore. Which it seems true because he physically cannot do a soul-sucking design. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's a recession. So what do you quit? No. No. He would have just complained Nobody's about quitting it. Nobody's quitting in 2009. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm so I graduated in 2008. Just right into the fire. In the spring of 2008. How long did it take you to get a job? Did you get a job for that fall? Yeah. It's pretty good. At a French pretty school. Lucky. At a French school. You're Imagine. lucky. Most people that I, you did not get a job that they year. They moved home. Yeah. I, I, I can't believe it. And that wasn't the only job that I had on the table. <laughs> and I was living in Rhode Island, which was hit harder. They were worse in the recession than I think most other states. Really? Yeah. <laughs> they had, they lost a ton of jobs and like none of them came back. Yeah. It was like, I mean, it was a real, real depression for Rhode Island. And I had a French degree. Like, what the fuck <laughs> yeah. was I doing? Yeah, you were ready. You were ready. No marketable <laughs> skills. And I come out in, in a recession <sighs> and I get a fucking job. Like, just bathed in in luck. The luck of the Irish. Just so charming. They could not hire you. Well, the weird thing is I almost started working for this real estate company that did like kind of luxury houses out in Rhode Island, like fancy schmancy beach houses and stuff. Mm-hmm. <sighs> but I just like, didn't want it. Yeah. Well, and I was, but I was going to be like a secretary or something. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want it so much that I was just very honest about how this wasn't the field I wanted to go into. And they tried to pay me more money to <laughs> take the job. Oh well. So that's a, that's a hint there guys. Just be really frank about how you're feeling, and maybe they'll offer you even more money. She, I guess she just loved me. Wow. But then I got, and then I got the French job. Mm-hmm. I did try to work a, a couple Dunkin' Donuts jobs. I've talked about that on here, where I just went and then left and never came back after like a few hours. <laughs> um, so yeah, my mom was paying my rent for a little while, but then I finally got the the French job, and and things sort of evened out, but. What were you doing in 2009? Selling insurance. Already? Yeah. You've been I, selling insurance for how many years? Yeah, almost 13 years. That's a long time. 12 years. Um, I got my insurance job in um, September of 2007, my first insurance job. Oh, shit. And then the market crashed in November of 2007. And in... The job that I had, I didn't really realize what was happening. You know, it wasn't like directly connected to the work that I was doing. Yeah. So I had no idea how lucky I had gotten with that. With having a job? With having a job in insurance, which is a somewhat recession proof Proof, field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like just barely, (laughs) like like six weeks. God. You know? That's fucking crazy. Yeah, I was like still in training when the market crashed. I wasn't even like doing the job yet. Oh my God. It's crazy. But wild, wild times. And yeah. now we're seeing it again. So yeah. what is some, I'm trying to think if there's any advice we can give to people who are facing the recession now coming out of college. But like, I got really lucky. 
I don't know the what thing to say. Is, you just got to take the job that's offered. Take what's offered. You know, like yeah. a lot of people that got out of college in 2008 and 2009 <clears throat> took a lot of part-time jobs, yeah. a couple of part-time mm-hmm. jobs, gained diverse skills, and eventually, eventually came got back. full-time work. But, I mean, it's it wasn't pleasant. It was a terrible time. And everybody moved home. Everyone moved home, yeah. But, I mean, the... The reoccurring theme there was people took part-time jobs yeah. and took a couple mm-hmm. if they could get them or, you know, whatever. Or, or went back to school and got, like, or stayed went in back school. to school because there was nothing else to do. Yeah. So at least then they weren't paying, having to pay their student loans with no money because right. they didn't have any. Right, because you defer your loans. <laughs> yeah. But that fucking sucks right now because that's all remote. Yeah. God. And who thought higher ed would be so volatile? <laughs> no you know? No kidding. Like, I never thought that working in higher ed would feel like you were on the Titanic, but guess what, guys? It did. Because I worked in higher ed during this fucking thing, and it was not cute. Well, and, you know, the, the other thing is, is, like, the sports industry. Like, you never think that professional sports right. are going to be impacted by anything. Anything. Those, those are, like, you know, the golden children of the economy. Like, right. Like, just, people just throw money at sports no matter what. The sports. Professional sports teams and stuff like that. Sports and like, the post office, which is supposed to be, like, rain, snow, sleet, anything. <laughs> and they're both under attack. Jeez. Crazy. <sighs> God. Anyway, we feel you guys. It was not, for me, for sure. I mean, I had a job at that point, but it was not easy. I mean, I was living paycheck to paycheck at best. Mm-hmm. My account was always overdrawn mm-hmm. um, because I was the the major breadwinner in my relationship at that time. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't, I was making maybe 40 grand. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was not, even in 2009 was not a ton of money, you know, and we had yeah. an apartment and I mean, it was, it was tight every single month mm. to the point where I was like embarrassed and stressed about money for years mm. after mm. because I had to ask my mom for money so mm. many times. Yeah. Um, and I know tons of people don't have that luxury yeah, to have their right. mom um, able to help out. So mm. fuck, man. Shit sucks. Yeah, for sure. But that's why we're here to lighten the load <laughs> with, with a podcast. Entertainment. As much as we can. <laughs> um so yeah, <clears throat> we so Ted gets fired obviously from GNB, and um, at the bar everybody's still guessing, and they can't guess what Robin's combination is. Just and desperately guessing. Desperately guessing. Just- Lily's hiccups are out of control, and she is just beside herself by not being able to know what it is. And Robin finally gives in, and she writes it down. And it's three three phrases that, <laughs> at first, you think Frozen Snowshoe is a sex act. You think Old King Clancy is the, the celebrity. Mm-hmm. And you have no, the, no idea what Harvey's trace is. Mm-hmm. Like, that has to be the collection, but what the hell is that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But it turns out... Frozen Snowshoe is the celebrity. He's a professional wrestler in Canada. Old King Clancy is the sex act, and it involves maple syrup. Yeah, Whatever gross. it is, gross. I don't like food being involved in sex. <laughs> me neither. Me neither. And it's always, like, dairy-based things for some reason, and I hate the smell of dairy on skin. But also, like, sugar-based, Oh, and sugar-based. Like, I mean? It's so like, sticky and smelly. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I guess then you're supposed to, like, shower together, but who has the time? You know? <laughs> yeah. People have work in the morning. No doubt. No doubt. 
Um, so Some people have kids to raise for fuck's yeah, sake. Yeah, right. Um, and Harvey's, I guess, is a restaurant in oh, yeah. Canada. Do you know of it? Oh, wait, I'm thinking of Hardee's. <laughs> oh, you think of Hardee's? <laughs> this is Harvey's. Can you look up if Harvey's is a real restaurant? As our Canadians yell at us. Yeah, looks like looks like it oh, is. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, and they're still open. They're still a thing. See, these are the kind of deep dives that Caitlin does, and she's not here to do them. So we miss you, Caitlin. Good tip. Caitlin would have told us like their most popular There's, menu item. There's several. How many Harveys there are total? When they were founded? But you're not going to get that today, guys. So deal with it. Oh, there's three just in Mississauga, guys. Oh my wow. God, just in Mississauga. Um, Only one in Montreal. So what this. Unbelievable. What this made me think of, the whole syrup thing. Did you ever watch Salute Your Shorts? Yes. Love that Do show. Do you remember the awful waffle? I mean, I don't know. It was like some kind of punishment that the children doled out to each other. It was kind of like a bullying thing, maybe, where like Donkey Lips, Donkey Lips was involved. The big fat guy was involved. Mm-hmm. And so it was a tennis racket and syrup. But that's all you ever knew. Oh, I don't know. So what I think the awful waffle was, I feel like this was like early sex act, but it's not sex. You know, it was like, but it was that kind of mystery Mm. thing. Mm -hmm. I think the awful waffle was they would put the tennis racket on your stomach. Donkey lips would sit on you. So you get the imprint of the tennis racket on your stomach (laughs) and then they would pour syrup on you. (laughs) Okay. Right? I have no idea. Because that, that would make great. a waffle. Like, that's, that's all I could think of. But great. I'd love to hear what you all think an awful waffle is, because that was like the childhood question mark that we all had. Um, okay. So anyway, the Frozen Snowshoe is a pro wrestler, and Robin is just shocked that they don't know who this person is, and they don't know who Har- what Harvey's is. Honestly, every time Robin says something about Canada, she's always baffled Baffles. that nobody has any clue what she's talking about. Every yeah. time. You'd think she would learn. She's so out of the loop. Because, I mean, just like, huh? It's huh? so huh? popular there. And it's just like the border just kills it. <laughs> and we will get more of all this, like, bizarro America stuff with... Um, Murtaugh, which with the next episode, but here she talks about reckless Rick Rogers, which to me reminds me of Ric Flair, who's a very famous Mm -hmm. American wrestler. Mm -hmm. So it's like all of this. It's like America almost. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like B-list America. So um, Barney, of course, gets his runner of hating Canada. You ruin even this. Why do we (laughs) let you be a country? Yeah. He's so great. And Lily says, I think my favorite line of the episode, which is, well, my hiccups are gone, possibly forever. I <laughs> love her face. She's so disappointed. <laughs> um, so with that secret out of the way, Ted comes in looking, you know, lighter than air. And at this point, Marshall and Barney still think that he's working on the ETR because they didn't see mm-hmm. what happened. So they check in with him about that. And it turns out... Ted quit. Well, no, Bilson fired him from that, and then Ted quit his firm. Yep. And he goes on this, you know, big Ted Mosby, big Ted Mosby speech about not wanting to work for heartless corporate clients anymore. And you know, the task force showed him that he has all this 
potential to do more meaningful work. And so that's why he quit because of his principles. Yes. But what really happened? He got laid off. He got laid <laughs> like off. everyone else. He got laid off. <laughs> yeah. Like everybody else because it's 2009. But he got a severance package. And instead of, you know, holding on to that severance package and putting it away to use during the recession, he's going to start his own business. He's going to blow it all. <laughs> yeah. And every, time. everyone does the friend thing of, like, being encouraging, like, mm-hmm. wow, cool, except you hear Barney go, in this economy, <laughs> yeah. which I love. But that, the thing is, a lot of people started businesses in 2009 and 10 because they did have a job. Yeah, it's like they have this thing, either this, like, passion project mm-hmm. or, like, this skill, and they can't get a job, so they just start start their own business with it. Interesting. It is. A lot of people started businesses <laughs> during the recession. they all closed because of COVID. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Really, yeah. really uplifting podcast tonight. To me, it always feels like, like you know, a lot of consultants start working mm, <laughs> in recessions. Yeah, right? yeah, it's yeah. like you get I'm let go boss. and you're like, well, I'm just going to be a consultant I'm for this be my skill. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then you're just like slogging from like you, one chamber of commerce to the next <laughs> being like, I'm hey. a consultant for blah, 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 blah. And everybody else is like, cool. Cool, we me too. We also can't hire anyone. Cool, me too. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Oh, me too. We're full up. Sight's <laughs> taken. What do you do? Consultant? Me too. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Consultant? Come, me, me too. too. <laughs> is that on TikTok now too? Yeah. Great. Mm-hmm. Liz has gone down the deepest TikTok rabbit hole of anyone I've ever met. Guys, it was quick too. I've only been on TikTok for like two weeks. And also, this is the longest I've talked without saying a TikTok meme. You made it 50 minutes and 31 seconds. Good job. So you would be the friend who was like in this economy. For sure. (laughs) I'd be like, you're an idiot. You're a fucking idiot. Good luck. I would have been like, good for you. Um, So yeah, this is a a big deal. Ted's going to start his own business. That's a huge plot point to get to at the end of this episode is Ted starting his own business. So we're going to see how that goes. In 2009. (laughs) Um, So after the cut, we see Robin. We see 2002 Robin with a horrible perm. Ooh, yeah. Real bad wig. (laughs) Real bad wig. And she's at Shoe's house, which he tells her to call him, showing off his trays, which he's labeled, which is very cute. And it turns out after all of this, that she was the celebrity that wanted to do a kinky sex act. Robin Sparkles, he has certainly told his friends. Whips out the maple syrup. Out of the bag. Like Beyonce with hot sauce. With clothes on. Clothes on. And just says. Want to give me an old what King Clancy? Yeah. <laughs> what do you want to do? What do you want to do? Let's do it. Um, yeah. So Robin Sparkles tried to give the frozen snowshoe. And old King Clancy. She got shown the door. And she got rejected. Oof. Liz was like, when we, when we first watched it, she's like, wait. She said he wanted to do it. I was like, yeah. And you were like, well, why did she say that if it was her? And I was like, because she's embarrassed that she got fucking rejected. <laughs> I was like, I... With some creepy sex act. <laughs> she wanted to tell the story because she yeah. felt like... yeah. I met Frozen Snowshoe like anyone gave a shit. <laughs> yeah. Really, she could have kept that entire story 
with her to the grave and no one would have been any the wiser or or different. You got to know your audience. And that was not the audience for that. (laughs) Now, if she was in Toronto at a dinner party, people would have wanted to hear that. Or at a Timmy Ho's. Yeah, Um, right. All right. So what did you think of this episode? It's good. Yeah. It was entertaining. I I feel like it's like a medium episode. Yeah, it's not one of my favorites. Yeah. I forget it exists. Me too. Um... I mean, the whole point is to push it to Ted getting fired, mm. so that's great. And the old King Clancy thing is funny, and I mean, you get to see Robin, um, really in her element, which is which is awesome. And the the anti Canada thing is fun, but it's just like a it's a middle it's a middle yeah, it's of the fine. road episode. Yeah, gets the job done. Mm-hmm. It's no zoo or false, which I <laughs> definitely not. Liz doesn't know what that means yet. <laughs> She'll know when I'm in that other room screaming for two hours with Caitlin about it. <laughs> Um, Can't wait. What's your What's your legendary moment from this episode? My legendary moment was when Barney forsaken his best friend. Forsook? Is it, is it forsook? Word? I no. don't fucking know. I think it is. When Ted was forsaken. Nice. Unbelievable. By every Barney. time it happened, because we I watched it a few <laughs> times, right? Every time I was like, oh, shocked every time it came up. Every like, time I can't Barney he did that because <laughs> he spent he has spent all of this time. Claiming Ted is his best friend, yeah. even though it's clearly not him. Yeah. And then... Turns on a dime. The, the time that you have to be a real best friend. I'm not his best friend. I couldn't believe it. Can't even tell him apart. <laughs> yeah. Is the Asian guy or the white yeah, guy? I don't right. even know. No idea. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Barney. Um, for me, it's a tie between the fish list, because Marshall's just so silly but for that, and Lily saying, well, my hiccups are gone. Possibly forever. It's because I love the way she says it. Slim Pickens, I feel like. Yeah. <laughs> for, no, I mean it wasn't. Moments. It's not a. It's not a huge, um, hugely funny mm-hmm. episode, but mm-hmm. it got us where we needed to be. You know what I mean? Okay, I'm going to relieve you of your duties, so you can go put your headphones on and watch TikTok while I read the legendary moments. I'm actually going to go finish my workout. Thanks. Ooh, nice. Well, thank you so much for sitting in. Anytime. I'm sure we'll have you back on. I'd only do it for you. If Caitlin asked me, I'd say I'm busy. <laughs> You're cute. <laughs> um, but I love you so much. Love and thanks for making this recession livable. Yeah, girl. Same. Bye. Bye. All right, everybody. I'm going to zoom through our legendary moments. I think we have 12 this week. Yes, we do. So first up is Derek. And Derek says, hey, ladies. Hope this one doesn't go to the spam this time. I caught it, Derek. My legendary moment for this episode is when Ted is learning that his job has been fake news for the past few weeks. Specifically when he says, so my game-winning walk was a lie. Oh, that is a really good one, too. Also, the timing of this episode matching up with the actual King Clancy Memorial Trophy in the NHL is perfect. Oh, yes, Derek. Thank you for putting that in your legendary moment because I totally forgot to talk about... The, the thing that you sent me. So Derek is awesome. And he sent me um, information that there is an old, there is a King Clancy trophy in, in hockey, in the NHL. And uh, King Clancy is the nickname of a Canadian hockey player. So he's a real person. And that's where that came from. And I'm sure Canadians knew that, but I had no idea. So thank you so much, Derek, for sending that. Next up is Rick, and Rick's legendary moment is 
Hi, ladies. Another fun episode. I like when things get a little whimsical or wacky while still one foot in the real world. So I enjoyed the task force arc. I often quote Marshall slyly saying, ah, yes, abondigas, when talking about Spanish. Yeah, that was a funny little moment. My runner-up is Marshall's bad stand-up act. It actually takes skill to make something so bad at being funny that it actually becomes funny again. So props to Jason Siegel on his performance there. So true. Next up is David, and David says, fun episode. I'll try and keep this one short. Ha ha. Oh, <laughs> that's because we read David for sending such a long email last time. Uh, micro legmo to <clears throat> those newfies are out of control because, yes, they are. I've got a Canadian weighing in. Um, Runner-up legmo to the introduction of Marshall's fish comedy because what? Who is that for? <laughs> and actual lesmo. Lesmo. Wow. <laughs> That's what happens when I do an episode with my wife. I just say Lesmo. Actual Legmo goes to Mar... I'm having a stroke. Actual Legmo goes to Robin's weird celeb sex story. Great payoff, especially the stinger. Awesome. All right, next up is Carlin... And Carlin says, just for the halibut, haha, I am disguising my two legmos in this email because I can't choose just one. Feel free to pick just one. It will be our little albondigas. <laughs> I'm not fishing for compliments, but I hope this email brought a smile to your faces. Nice one, Carlin. I love a creative email. Good job. Okay, <clears throat> taking a sip of water for this. Because talking for the entire show has worn me out. Okay, so the next one is from Fernanda. And Fernanda is from Brazil. And this is her first time writing in. So hold on to your butts. I'm going to read this whole thing. Hello there, beautiful ladies. This is Fernanda from Brazil. One more of your many international listeners. It's such a pleasure to be writing for the first time. I've been listening to your podcast for a while now, and I'm finally catching up. It's been a wonderful distraction from what's happening this year. Thank you so much for the great content. Thank you so much, Fernanda. That's really nice of you. And I know things are probably comparable to how bad they are in America right now. Um, I saw that Brazil has one of the highest rates of COVID right now. <clears throat> after India, I think. So sending love to Brazil, sending love to India everyone listening there, um, we totally get it <laughs> because our government is fucking up too. Um, all right. So I watched Tim Yim a long time ago when I, it was still on and I rewatched the whole show this year. So much has changed for me. I mean, don't get me wrong. I absolutely love it. But now upon rewatching it, I realize how many of the jokes are just no longer sustainable. So true. And how problematic some things are now. My order of favorite characters has also definitely changed. It's so true. I mean, this show changes as you change for sure. Um, but before this gets too long, I'll just move on to my legendary moment. I really love the whole clue-like bit with the gang trying to figure out Robin's sexual encounter with a celebrity. And how it's obscure it turns out to be in the end. It does not live up to anyone's expectations. Wow, that's just like the pants story. This episode is very similar to the pants story and uh, the Karen story. So good. But I also need to mention Marshall's stand-up act about fish and how it comes up again in future episodes. Well, thanks again for the podcast. By the way, I must say something. Caitlin, I'm with you when it comes to Victoria. I hate her so much. Hated her character the first time I watched the show. Hated her when re-watching it. Just thought you should know. Well, Fernanda, 
I don't know if you're all the way caught up, but Caitlin's mind has changed on Victoria. Um, her new hatred is for Karen and she loves Victoria. Well, she loves Ashley Williams because Ashley Williams gave her a cupcake when we saw the solids, AKA Craig and Carter's band play a whole bunch of how I met your mother songs in New York city. Ashley Williams gave Caitlin a cupcake and her mind was changed forever and she loves her and thinks she's so sweet and adorable. So I don't know if she still hates Victoria as a character, but she will not go back and rewatch Victoria episodes. So you might still have an ally in her. Thank you so much, Fernanda. Next up is uh, Min. Uh, hi, Kate and Caitlin. First, really appreciate you guys taking the time to learn the pronunciation of my name. You have no idea what a nightmare it is to order something at Starbucks. Well, <laughs> I guess Caitlin slash England would know. <laughs> True. P.S. You guys nailed the pronunciation. Awesome. Was trying to come up with a legmo for this episode, and for me, it'd be Hugh Jackman. <laughs> it's just not a hilarious episode. Oh, it's not just a hilarious contrast to Marshall's sweet, Lily's the star of my heart remark. It's also an early indicator of who the Reacher and Settler are in this relationship. Ooh, put a pin in that. This also kind of reminds me of another conversation that they will have about a certain hot blonde bond a certain hot blonde bartender who hates suits, but I'll just leave it at that to avoid spoilers. Thank you very much. Nice ones. I'm in. Okay. Next up is Matthew. And Matthew says old King Clancy may not be the first episode I think of when it comes to being really fun, but there are a lot of little things in it that I enjoy a lot. So I have a few moments. So I have a few moments for the episode. One, Ted's description of his chair attack on Bilson, an impromptu presentation using a four-pronged approach that really brought him to his knees. Robin's reaction to a sex act originating in Newfoundland, don't know, don't want to know, those newfies are crazy. Reginald the Squirrel, <laughs> maybe Ted can use him as inspiration for a sidekick or a secondary character in a Squirrel Lock Holmes novel. And four, my biggest moment must go to Marshall's fish-based stand-up routine. All I need to think is fish are weird. And I immediately begin cracking up because of how ridiculous a concept it is. Fish are weird, right? I'm glad that as silly as it is, it becomes a small runner for the series. As always, thank you for all you do. Hey, beautiful regularly inspires me with its comedy and cleverness. I'm always glad with a new when a new episode arrives. Stay beautiful and awesome, Matthew. Oh, that's so nice, Matthew. Thank you so much. Next up is Jeff, and Jeff says, "Hi, K and K. I hope you are both doing well. My legmos for Old King Clancy are the frozen snowshoes deadpan. You should go, and the exchange about CanadianSexActs.org being a nonprofit. They just want to get the information out there. Always gives me a chuckle, Jeff." Jeff, that is so true. I use that joke a lot. Uh, next up, we actually have a voicemail. Looks like it's beeping on our machine. Let's check out who it's from. Hey, ladies. Decided to uh, mix it up a bit and uh, do this via a voice memo this time. So start off with my legendary moment for Old King Clancy. I've got, I've got, a, got a few. It's a good episode. I, I enjoy this one. It's got some kind of good, funny moments, such as... The white dude or the Asian fellow? See, I barely know the guy. Classic NPH. We, of course, have the introduction of Marshall's fish list, a recurring gag throughout the show. We have things like the ETR footage and the introduction of Mosbius designs. And, of course, 
the incredible description of what happened in the ETR. After he proposed a vocational paradigm shift, I made an impromptu presentation using a four-pronged approach that really brought him to his knees. And of course, we see Barney being the devil. When we get from Ted, anything you want to lie about before I head off to work to get fired? That's a nice shirt. You're the devil. It's it's a great episode. I really enjoy this one. And it's good to see it kind of subverted at the end there where it's Robin who's actually asking for the old King Clancy. And also, over the past kind of week, I managed to binge the entire show, which was kind of surprisingly tiring, actually, but was great fun. And when I got to the end, kind of, I've never actually felt that sad about it before and kind of never actually had a point where I wish the alternative ending was what was actually there. So that had a completely new experience this time. But yeah, just kind of way more sad than usual. I'm not going to go into specifics as to why, because that'd be a massive spoiler. But, you know, these things happen. So apparently opinions can change. So that's that's all those things from me. I hope everyone's kind of coping well and enjoyed watching Old King Clancy as much as I did. And hopefully you'll be able to get your Rachel's Cookies and Treats using your code. It's got to, got to plug it even more, even though we can't get it here in the UK. But, you know, good to good to support businesses, support the podcast and all that stuff. So looking forward to submitting my things for Murtor. Thank you so much, Ben. That was such a good voicemail. Loved that plug for Rachel's Cookies and Treats at the end as well. Um, yeah, that's interesting that both you and Fernanda talk about how how much your opinion of the show has changed by your recent watchings of it. So it's good to know that it's always a good time to start over guys. Cause you might feel like you're watching a completely different show. Okay. Next up we have Cole Pesh, um, who is brand new to sending in legendary moments. And they said, I finally caught up with all episodes of your podcast. Yay. You two are angels who kept this lockdown sane for me, but now I wonder how I would spend my day with no new episode to hear. I'm so sorry. My legendary moment is the montage of Barney firing people. (laughs) Stay safe. Lots of love. Thank you, Kalpesh. Okay. And next up we have Dina. And Dina says, this is what I'm talking about, y'all. When I say I love Him Yim's bonkers parallel universe Canada. Yes. I love this episode so damn much. And Canadian references that are real tickle that are real tickle me because, hey, I know those things. For instance, I don't know how stale the milk bag conversation is, but in case the Manitoba milk bag sparks it, I love milk bags, and not just as a euphemism for boobs. So I guess milk comes in bags in Canada. Also, I've actually been on a two-day drive that overlapped with the Milverton Wawa road trip, so, you know, that's exciting. But not only is the tray collection not a thing, they're all the same. Nobody goes to Harvey's. (laughs) When Canadians road trip, we look for Tim Hortons. In spite of all the exciting Canadian sex acts, my legendary moment has to be Marshall's fishy stand-up. I mean, sturgeon is a funny word, okay? Also, why do they need Ted to design and pitch a room if they didn't need a new design? That always bugs me. Yeah, me too, Dina. Uh, He's not a contractor, but that's the nitpicky Virgo in me. That's my Virgo rising. I had the same thought. Oh, and before I forget, before I finish Dina's letter, I want to talk about Ted's 
looks this season or this episode. Um, he just looks so grown up, right? He's got the blazers, but they look like nicer blazers, not like season one blazers. And he has like a suit at one point and his sweaters just look more expensive. Like Ted has really come into it. Um, and the other little bit, now that I'm saying that, is Robin's shirt in this episode with the lace yoke, the top of it lace. Look for that in future episodes. Lily and Robin and other women are going to show up wearing that sort of like half lace top. And I love it. This one kind of wonky, but they figure it out. Anyway, back to Dina's letter. Excited for the next episode because I think it's one of the funniest Barney episodes in the whole show. Much Canadian love, Dina. Thank you, Dina. Okay. And last but certainly not least is our buddy Tish, another Canadian and Tish says, hey, K&K, my legendary moment is how Lily doesn't care about Ted's situation at all and is only focusing on the sex acts. Regards, Tish. <sighs> we did it, guys. We did it with me talking almost the whole time. I hope you didn't hate it. Um, we will see you next time for Myrta, which is, I think, arguably one of the best episodes of season four. So... Send us your legendary moments for Murta to heybeautifulpodcast at gmail.com, and we will read them on the show next time we see you. Thanks again to Rachel's Cookies and Treats for being our sponsor. And if you loved this recap, head on over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to leave us a review. Thanks to everybody for getting us to 100 ratings on Apple Podcasts. And be sure to subscribe wherever you listen so you never miss a recap. And we hope you come back next episode. Because it's going to be legend. Wait for it. This has been Hey Beautiful with your hosts, Kate Gorton and Liz Vogel. Our intro-outro music is by Owl All. <laughs>